Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on a special edition Tuesday. How about that? When you guys were sleeping, I was in a lab. No, I just didn't see any point in waiting, and we are going to have a show on Wednesday. So it'll be a bonus show this week. Actually, uh, believe it or not, I, I fell asleep pretty early, got up even earlier. So here I am. I thought, you know what? What's the point in waiting? We'll go ahead and get together. You know, if some is good, more is better, right? So today's show, we're going to talk, we're going to break down the SEC schedule. We're going to talk about Mississippi State's schedule. What's the best chance to get an upset? What's a, what's a reasonable record for Mississippi State? Uh, and what's the rest of the league look like? I mean, you know, listen, we have talked so much about so many other things. Let's take a little time to talk football, right? And we're not going to talk about any other stuff, okay? We're not going to get in here and get all... Uh, sideways and uh, give you any you know you know protocols about how you should live your life or anything like that no no platitudes of that sort we're just going to get in here and talk football today and it's going to be great it's going to be great it's going to be refreshing for those of you that uh, are members of jamespage.com and all of you should be we uh we we get together uh four nights a week monday tuesday wednesday thursday and uh, have a little chat session over over on jeans page you can read last night's transcript if you're a VIP member right now. And I go in there, uh, I found 30, 45 minutes, and uh, you know, field questions some people. And it's one of those things, too, that I have learned. A lot of people kind of prefer that to the message board because you can kind of get an instant answer for your question. And so you may have some of the same questions that some of our members had and, uh, and go read. All right, so uh, let, let's go ahead and get started. Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. You'll love them. I love them. Matter of fact, everybody who frequents them loves them. To like them is to love them. 
Two locations to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. I encourage you, again, if you're just, you know, you're like, Steve, listen, I just, I'm new to this. My palate is a little delicate. It's a little unrefined. I just don't know if I'm ready to take on some of these exotic hamburgers. You know what? You don't have to. You don't, you don't have to do that. You're going to want to eventually because the Bulldog Burger is kind of a gateway burger. You know, you go have like that just straight ahead rock and roll, American classic, you know, burger with cheese, knock that bad boy out. It's called the Bulldog. You can have that. But what's going to happen is you're going to go in there and you're going to eat it. You're going to have a great time and you're going to love that meal. And then you're going to look around the room and you're like, hey, what, what are they eating? What, what, what's that? Oh, that's a smokehouse. Oh, that's the Pimentology Ad Bacon, the Boneyard Classic. And so let me encourage you, go by, find your own favorites. One of the great delicacies in life is a great restaurant quality hamburger. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people in Starkville and now Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the schedule. I'm going to run it down. I'm going to talk a little bit about every, what everybody's got going on. And then we're going to look at the Mississippi State schedule kind of as we go. And uh, I'll just go alphabetically. I've got the grid in front of me, and we're just going to knock this thing out, and we're going to talk about it, and what looks good, what looks bad. And one of the first things I want to say before we really get started, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, I mean, you know, Steve, Arkansas got, got you know, kind of shafted in this deal. And that's, that's probably true. I didn't think anybody in the West would get Florida and Georgia, but I didn't go work the schedule out myself. And if you've got to have somebody in the West take the bullet, I mean, we'd, we would have preferred Bill Miss. But, uh, you know, if you look at this whole Arkansas thing, they're probably the team in the West that is probably the farthest away from getting the bowl. And uh, listen, as I said yesterday, I think you want to kind of pave the way when you can, you know, for your teams that are going to be playoff contenders. So, Right out of the gate, understand, nobody is you – know, there's never a situation when it comes to scheduling where everybody gets a break. Somebody's got to get the short end of the stick, and that was Arkansas and Missouri, which leads me to schedule number one, which is Alabama. Right out of the gate, the Crimson Tides are going to travel to Columbia, Missouri and take on the Missouri Tigers. Uh, Missouri Tigers will be battling Vanderbilt for the, the doormat of the SEC East. Alabama returns home to home opener in Bryant-Denny Stadium will be against Texas A&M. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, Texas A&M is going to be thrown to the wolves pretty early in this schedule. You know, that's one of those things you look at and people are thinking, hey, maybe it's the year for A&M to step forward. I don't think so. I think they're going to be better. But I don't think the schedule kind of lends itself to them taking a true step forward in the SEC West. And then they're going to be at the end of a talent cycle. And I th- listen – they're basically a fancier Mississippi State. You know what I'm saying? They got a bigger stadium. You know, they get to wear maroon and we got to wear black, that sort of stuff. But uh, but here, this is going to be a tough task for them to go into Tuscaloosa and win in week two. Uh, I think that could be a season-defining moment for A&M just because of the fact that I, I think that Alabama defense is so incredibly talented. And I, I saw some of the commentary last night. Is Alabama going to stay down? Alabama's not down. Alabama's just taking a breath. Alabama's going to be right back in the mix this year. Make no mistake. And uh, there's a ball game coming up a little later in the schedule that uh, I am confident, even on the road, it's going to be one Nick Saban's going to have circled. Let's get to that. All right, so after A&M, they go uh, on the road and play Ole Miss. All right, so right now you're thinking the tide's 3-0. Tide's going to be a top-ten team right out of the gate. 
They're going to be three and zero after wins at Mizzou, home against A and M, and then on the road at Ole Miss. And then you begin to think about the reality of this deal. Three weeks in, they've already knocked out two of their five road games. So the remaining part of the schedule is huge for Alabama. That next big home date, Georgia. Arguably the biggest game on the schedule. I know some people in the state of Alabama would disagree. Let's be honest, this is a game that could have national championship implications. This could be one that uh, determines probably that second SEC team in the playoffs. The next week they go to Tennessee. And, And this is so stupid that even in a global pandemic and in a bridge schedule, they still have to work this whole thing around this third Saturday in October thing with Alabama-Tennessee. It's holding the whole league hostage. Please stop this. This would have been the perfect year to say, hey, you know what, guys, I don't know that we can do it. So we're going to go ahead and change it, and then we can kind of move forward as a conference. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but, you know, the number one reason that Missouri is in the West, or excuse me, in the East, and Auburn in the West, is so they can keep this stupid game. It's so dumb. Missouri should be in the West. I mean, think about this. Missouri's got to send their softball team, you know, to Columbia, South Carolina. They got to send their, you know, they got they got to send their volleyball team to Gainesville, Florida. How do you turn out fans for that? I mean, it's not fair. It's not fair to Missouri for them to be in the East. They should be in the West. Not to mention, if you shifted Auburn to the East and Missouri to the West, it would provide a little more balance in the conference. I think it makes both divisions more competitive. But I digress. All right, so we're going to get to that stupid traditional game that nobody cares about, and it hadn't been a rivalry in forever. What's ten, That's all Alabama won this thing, what, 12, 13 times in a row? It's not even a rivalry. It's dumb that the whole conference is held hostage by that. Well, the week after that stupid game, Alabama will host Mississippi State. The Bulldogs coming off a bye week. I think the talent differential is probably a little bit uh, a little more difficult. Then, then Alabama gets an open week before LSU, and that's a road game. That's one right there. You know, Ed Orgeron had some things to say in the locker room uh, about Alabama after LSU went to Tuscaloosa and, and beat them last year. And listen, that's one of the things about kids and social media and, and all these smartphones in the locker room that that video was just supposed to be for the players and coaches. And uh, it gets out. But you better believe Nick Saban's going to play that all week long. It'll probably piped into the uh, the weight room there in Tuscaloosa as guys begin to prepare. And then Kentucky. Home game against Kentucky. Uh, shouldn't be in much trouble there. And then you travel to Auburn. I guess that's right. Now that you're at home against Auburn. My eyes are going bad. I'm getting old. And that's the thing about that Auburn game, too. It's like that that's always kind of a swing game, I guess you could say. I don't think this Auburn team is going to be great. They're going to be decent. But uh, that's one I think you're glad to get home. And then you end the year against Arkansas. And so once you think – once you get through the crest of that wave, that road trip to Tiger Stadium, the rest of the schedule is very favorable. So it all sets up really well for Alabama, and it always does when you have superior talent. All right, so let's go to the next one. Arkansas. I mean, this is a murderer's row. You get Georgia at home, that's a loss. You got a road game at Mississippi State, that's a loss. You got a road game at Auburn, that's a loss. You got a home game against Ole Miss, that's probably a toss-up. I know how bad Arkansas was. Ole Miss not much better, regardless of what people will try to tell you. I love Laura McKeeman to death. My goodness, she needs to get off the lane train. 
It's going to be one of those things that haunts. Then Arkansas has the open date. They then travel to A&M, come back and host Tennessee. Then they go to Florida. Back home for LSU. On the road to Mizzou. And then uh, you finish up at Alabama. So they could conceivably go 0-10. But you look at the schedule and say, Steve, where's the W? I, I think the only two games they have a real chance to win are Ole Miss and Missouri. And I wouldn't say they're going to be favored in either one of those. Uh, the one thing, you know, that's the thing you look at when you start, you know, kind of getting down the nuts and bolts of this thing. You know, you, you want to be able to win at home, but their home games, oh, my goodness. Home games, Georgia, Ole Miss, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama. That is a brutal home schedule. So, again, you begin to look at it and say, where, did, where are you going to pick up a W? You know, it's tough to go on the road and win with a, with a young team and uh, certainly one that's used to losing. I think the Arkansas is going to be much better on offense. Rakeem Boyd, one of the most underappreciated running backs in the, in the conference, and then Felipe Franks, they are going to be able to score better than they were a year ago. And listen, Sam Pippen will have them played for next year, too. I mean, they'll come in, you know, they, they, they'll understand they're, they're building a program again. And they're going to be looking to find some early success, and it's going to be difficult early in the schedule because you open with Georgia and you got two on the road. Then you get Ole Miss, and that's when you're beginning to think, okay, we got an open date after this, we can get some people healthy. That's one of those games, while right now I would say, at first blush, you say Ole Miss has got to go win that game. I don't know if we can really get too far out of our skis there. Let's kind of reassess after two or three weeks there. All right, Auburn. Let's see here. Home against Kentucky. Road game at Georgia in the second week, and that's a great early game. Uh, I don't think that Auburn has much of a chance to win that game between the hedges. Then you're home against Arkansas, on the road at South Carolina, on the road at Ole Miss, home against LSU, open date before the Bulldogs. You travel to Mississippi State, home against Tennessee, on the road at Alabama, and then A&M. It's kind of weird. Rivalry week will be the next to last week of the year. We'll get some of that more a little bit later. Okay, Florida. I know some of you guys are still Dan Mullen fans, so we're going to talk a little bit about this game because I think it's important. Florida will open up at Ole Miss. And I saw somebody yesterday saying what a great early game this is going to be. No, it is not. Because the talent differential between these two teams may have never been greater. Ever. People, but yeah, but Steve, the Clarion Ledger. Yeah, but Steve, the guy on Facebook. Yeah, guys, Florida is playing for the playoff. And they have a legitimate chance to make the playoff. They do. Dan's got to come out swinging. And let's be honest, the last time Dan went up there was in 16. That's a 55-20 game. And the last time he played Ole Miss, Dan already had a foot out the door. Was already negotiating with Tennessee about a job interview when he uh, disappoints us and doesn't go out there and put forth the best effort. And listen, the bottom line is this. is without Nick Fitzgerald, that was going to be a tough game for us to win. I look for Florida to come out early. And, I, and listen, that Todd Grantham defense, that's the thing, too. You go back, you go look at the numbers and look at that too deep at Florida defensively. Those guys can really play. Todd Grantham is going to make people uncomfortable. I still think Matt Corral is going to be the quarterback at Ole Miss. I think they'll have some packets, Jen Rice Plumley. I think Matt Corral probably gives Ole Miss the best chance to win, especially in this offense because they've got to be able to throw the football. And I think Todd Grantham will overwhelm 
an Ole Miss offense that just found out that Eli Johnson, the starting center, is opting out for the season. And listen, and God bless Eli Johnson and his family. All right, so then Florida will be at home in the Swamp against South Carolina on the road at A&M. That's bad news for A&M, but that should be a really good game. Then it's home against OSU and then home against Mizzou. That's a very important stretch for Florida. If they can get through that and, and you begin to think, okay, 5-0, and going into the open date before you play Georgia. That's what you – that's if you're Dan Mullen, that's, that's the task. You're 5-0, and you get the open date, and uh, it's going to be in Jacksonville, like it always is. But you begin to kind of shake this thing out, and you, you look at the back half of the schedule after Georgia, Arkansas <laughs> – poor Arkansas – on the road at Bandy, home against Kentucky, and then on the road at Tennessee. And that could prove to be a real tussle, too. You know, I think Tennessee's going to be somewhat improved. Uh, and by that time, too, Neyland Stadium and, and people will kind of be believing a little bit. It'll be, it'll be difficult. But it sets up so well for Florida. Dan's got to get out of the gate strong and then push that open date. And then whoever wins the Florida-Georgia game, I think we all know, is, uh, is headed to Atlanta and probably the playoff. It's different times for sure. Okay, Georgia. Georgia opens on the road at Arkansas, home against Auburn, home against Tennessee, and then on the road at Alabama. That is a very difficult stretch. Then, you know, heading the open dates, and they've got the, uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. And so the first half of that schedule, it's very front-loaded. You get to the, the bye week 5-0, and which I don't think they will because I think they're going to lose to Alabama. But you could see them possibly losing another ball game. New quarterback, there's a lot going on there, but they've got so much talent there. They're going to they're gonna be able to out-athlete some teams. But uh, this Georgia team, I, I think, has a tougher road heading into the bye week. And, of course, that all sets up well for them. They're going to get a bye week just before Florida, too. I'm sure that's all by design. But once you get through that, if you're Georgia, you're thinking, okay, once if we can get through Florida, we've probably got it on the road at Mizzou, home against Mississippi State, on the road at Carolina, home against Vanderbilt. They'll be favored in all those games. That's why I think it sets up so well for them in the second half. They have got to find a way to navigate through the month of October without dropping more than one game. If they do, then Dan Mullins is going to Atlanta. Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky on the road at Auburn, which is a difficult task. You know, Number one, I, I'm not buying the Kentucky hype, I, and I don't know where this comes from. You know, Kentucky is basically Mississippi State light. And, yeah, they had a good year a couple years ago. We went up there and got our our craniums kicked in. But, you know, we have dominated that series for the last dozen years. We've lost, what, twice? Ten years? Is that right? We lose the one with Joe and then we uh, on the road at Lexington, and then we lose the one, uh, you know, up there in 16. But for some reason, man, these people love Kentucky. And it's like – and that's what's so funny. People say, yeah, but – that defense. And I'm like, oh, well, can you name me a guy on that defense? Can you name me one player on that defense? And you're like, oh, yeah, well, they're going to be better offensively. Yeah, well, they had to play a wide receiver at quarterback last year. Yeah, can you name me one guy on that offense? No, you can't. Not buying it. So I got them taking an L early. And then, of course, they're home against Kentucky, or home against Ole Miss, excuse me. Uh, that's going to be a difficult task for Ole Miss because anytime you got to take a young team on the road in this conference, and, uh, and that's one thing, too, you got to give Stoops a lot of credit for. Defensively, they're just a little bit different than everybody. You know, they run some 3-4 concept. They run some bare front sometimes. They do a lot of things that kind of make the zone read difficult. 
It's one of the reasons they were able to beat Dan Mullen. All right, then Kentucky hosts Mississippi State on the road against Tennessee and then home against Georgia. Guys, I'm seeing two and three at best for Kentucky. And that's assuming they beat Mississippi State, which I don't believe that that's a toss-up game. I don't believe they'll be favored in that game when it's all said and done. People say, well, Steve, you're being silly now. Uh, I think Mississippi State's a better team. I think we'll have to show it in the first two weeks uh, to kind of get out of the gate. But uh, Kentucky could be one and four through the first five. Because, again, that Auburn-Tennessee-Georgia stretch, that's difficult. Then you get Mizzou heading to the bye week. Then the back half, you think, okay, well, Kentucky, goodness, you'll get some breaks in the second half of the schedule. That's wrong. You get Vanderbilt, Alabama on the road, Florida on the road, and South Carolina at home. So I th- I've got Kentucky right now. If I had to call it today, I'm saying four and six. I don't, I don't care what everybody else says. I, I'm calling it four and six. That's how I see it. LSU, defending national champs. You lose Dave Aranda to Baylor. You lose Joe Brady to the NFL. And, and I don't care what they say. Steve Inzminger wasn't calling the plays. Uh, you lose just about everybody on offense. You lose Joe Burrow, who had the greatest season of any college quarterback in the history of the game. He's gone. They got some receivers back. And, and Miles Brennan, listen, Miles Brennan's going to be a good quarterback. I don't, he's not going to be elite like Joe. And, that, and that's unfair to expect that. Yeah, that, that's some pretty big shoes to fill. But that secondary, you know, Stingley is back, arguably the best cover corner in America. But the rest of that secondary is pretty much shaken up. The linebackers shaken up. The defense shaken up. I had this game as a loss for Mississippi State from the beginning. You know, we've won in Baton Rouge twice in 30 years. 91 with Jackie and Sleepy and William Prince, and then back in 14 with Dak and Josh. And so it's a tall task. We have actually played some pretty competitive games there at times, but they have pretty much dominated the rivalry. But – I would rather get them early. I'm not going to sit here and say I expect State to win the game. I think the game will be a lot more competitive just because of the fact that you won't have seen what Mississippi State's going to do, uh, you know, offensively or really defensively. I think we can catch them by surprise a little bit and kind of keep that game close. I just think the talent differential is going to shift their way. And, it's listen, it's still Tiger Stadium. It's going to be one of those deals. It's still Death Valley, regardless of the fact that, you know, they may have 20,000 fans there. Uh, it'll help some. It's not going to help enough. Then LSU gets the uh, difficult road test of going to Nashville, home against Mizzou, on the road in the swamp, and at home against South Carolina on the road at Auburn. And if I had to call it right now, I'd say they're probably four and two, maybe even five and one, maybe five and one. Depends on how good Auburn's going to be. Open date before Alabama, and that's going to be in Baton Rouge. I. I I will tell you right now, I think Alabama is going to rout LSU in that ballgame. I, I really do. I think even though LSU has the athletes, I think last year was a perfect storm, and I think they have really poked the badger here. I, I think Nick Saban is going to look to make a statement and quiet the critics about, oh, Alabama's the run is over, which we've heard that so many times. All right, then you're on the road at Arkansas, on the road at A&M, and then home against Ole Miss. You know, once you get to Alabama, that's three winnable games. That A&M game obviously will be a difficult one there at Kyle Field. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 
LSU is going to have a winning record, you know, despite the fact they lost so much. But they're, they're a vulnerable team in many respects. They're not going to be an elite team this year. Ole Miss, interesting schedule for sure. My honest opinion, they're staring three and seven right in the face. Right in the face. I don't know if you guys know this. They've had a winning season since 2015. Have not had a winning season since 15. They'll probably get to go to a bowl game this year, even at three and seven, just because of the fact that uh, you know, if they're going to push forward these bowl games, there's going to be a lot more teams that uh, that are going to be losing record teams and get a chance to go. But at this point, does anybody really care? I know there's some people out there that say, well, I don't want them to go. Yeah, you know, I don't want them to go either. But uh, the bottom line is this year with so many bowl spots available, there's going to be more slots available than there are teams to play. So you could have a winless team going to a ball game. I don't know how that works. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know how you make any money with that. But we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. That's, that's way down the road. Ole Miss opens at home against Florida. That's a loss. On the road against Kentucky, I've got that as a loss. Home against Alabama, that's a loss. So 0-3 headed to Fayetteville, which I think is a toss-up. But I'll give Ole Miss the win right now. So let's make it 1-3. and three. Uh, Home against Auburn. I think Auburn's going to out-athlete them. So now you're 1-4. On the road uh, against Vanderbilt, the true rivalry game for Ole Miss. I'm going to give them a W there. That makes it 2-2-4. Two, two and four. Then you get... South Carolina at home, I think that's a toss-up game, and we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? I mean, Muschamp always pulls, you know, one out of his hat. But I'm going to give Ole Miss a win there, too. Then you're on the road at A&M. That's a loss. At home against Mississippi State, that's a loss. And then on the road at LSU. And I know right now there's some Bulldog fans that are kind of wincing. Steve, listen, do you remember the last two times we have gone to Ole Miss, how we have run them out of their own stadium? Think about what we're going to do with this with Mike Leach. And by the time we get there, K.J. Costello will be sniffing NFL millions, provided everybody stays healthy. All right, let's run to the Mississippi State schedule here. So, again, Ole Miss, 3-7, and 3-7. And, and if they lose one of toss-ups, could be 2-8, and eight, maybe, maybe even 1-9. How glorious would that be? All right, Mississippi State here. Let's run down the state schedule here. This is what you've been waiting for, right? All right, so Mississippi State on the road at LSU, that's a loss. Okay, that, that's as much as I would like to talk myself into that, State's going to need a lot of good things to happen in order for us to pull the upset down there. But there is an upset I think it's possible on the schedule. I don't know how probable yet, but, uh, but let's get to that. Okay, so home against Arkansas, that's a W. Road game at Kentucky, that's a toss-up. But, I, you know, I think State's going to win the game. That Kentucky secondary is very, very shaky. You know, I, and listen, how they're – it's you know, Stoops – had the kind of the the remedy, I guess, to really work against his own read. You know, some, because of their alignment and stuff, they do some weird things up with odd man fronts defensively, and it gave us some trouble with the zone read. But what, but when we were when we killed them, we killed them. You know, the, the, those games when they've been competitive, Kentucky's won them. When we've won them, they've been blowouts. Last year was the one I or you look back and say, you know, Garrett Schrader loved the kid to death. Garrett Schrader had two freshman moments in that game where that's another blowout. I mean, it's not like Kentucky did anything. Mississippi State won that game and could have, should have won it handily, but that's life. All right, so let's call that a win. And here's the game that I think State's best chance to pull the upset is going to be A&M. And here's the main reason why I say there are two reasons, really. Mississippi State is at home. We have owned the series, especially at home. 
and then you look at what what will A and M deal with coming in. A and M has Alabama and and Florida, the two weeks prior to Mississippi State. Probably the two most physical defenses in the SEC in weeks two and three. They're going to be a beat up football team when they get to Starkville. Not to mention what's going to be the psyche of that team if they open one and two. They open one and two and limp into Starkville against a team that uh, I think is going to have a little bit of juice after beating Arkansas and Kentucky. I think we got a shot. I'm not ready to call it just yet, but I think if there is an upset for Mike Leach, I think the best chance is going to be AM at home. Uh, they're in week four, and that would be huge. I think that game is the difference between six and four and five and five. Then we got an open date before we go see Alabama. I don't know how much it's going to matter. I just think, again, Alabama, the talent differential, it's just so great. It's difficult for us to overcome that. But it'll be interesting to see how Nick Saban elects to defense Mike Leach. Awfully interesting. Home against Vanderbilt, that's a W. Home against Auburn, that's one, too, I kind of take as a toss-up. I kind of favor Auburn for a couple reasons. Number one, our secondary is so young and inexperienced. Bo Nix, one of the better pastors in the conference. And listen, I know he was a freshman last year, so he was a little bit erratic at times. I think they're going to be able to throw the football around. And I think that could be difficult for us. And so I don't feel nearly as confident about that Auburn game as I do the A&M game because football is about matchups. And I just don't think Auburn is a great matchup for us. Now, I'm sure we'll be fired up and motivated after we got embarrassed there last year. But I think one of the reasons we got embarrassed is because they were a better football team. Then we go on the road to Georgia. Uh, that's a loss. Then we're on the road at Ole Miss. That's a W. And then we're home against Mizzou. That's also a W. So if I had to call it right now, I got State beating Arkansas, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Missouri, with the possibility of that's upset in A&M. That's how I see it. Maybe you disagree. But I think, uh, you know, the roughest stretch there is the first part, middle part of November. Getting Auburn and Georgia back-to-back are difficult. I mean, really – Really difficult. I mean, to be honest with you, let's be honest. I mean, when we went up there in 18 to Athens, some people were saying Mississippi State was the second-best team in the SEC. We went over there and got absolutely smashed and then limped over to Auburn and got smashed again. You know, it's like we found out who we really weren't. Missouri schedule, it's going to be difficult. Home against Alabama, on the road against Tennessee, on the road against LSU, 0-3, right out of the gate. Home game against Vanderbilt, probably the best chance for a win early in the schedule because the next week is Florida. Staring one and four right out of the gate, right in the face. Home against Kentucky. You know, you'd like to think Missouri could keep that competitive. I got Kentucky winning that game. Then you got an open date. Home against Georgia, that's a loss. On the road against South Carolina, that's possibly a toss-up. And then home against Arkansas. And then on the road against Mississippi State. You know, I think if you look at this, if you're being fair, 2-10, and 3-9, and nine, that's probably the best you can hope for if you're a Missouri fan right now. And I think Drinkwitz will get it going up there. But, I, you know, it, that league is getting better because Florida and Tennessee are getting better. You know, they kind of missed their window. You know, they had their one run there, you know, when they came in and went to, the one, went to Atlanta a couple times. You're thinking, man, this is great. They kind of benefited from the fact that Florida and Tennessee were down. Now, George is rolling. Tennessee's on the uptick. Florida's rolling. You know, so there's not room at the table for a team like them. All right, South Carolina, home against Tennessee, on the road against Florida, 0-2 out of the gate. Vandy in week three, that's a win. And then home against Auburn. I think that's a loss. And then you have LSU on the road the next week. So you're looking one at four right in the face. 
assuming you beat Vanderbilt, going to the open date. Uh, the open date. Then you have A&M. That's a home game on the road at Ole Miss. That's a toss-up. Missouri at home. That's a toss-up. You got. You'd think you'd favor South Carolina there. Then you get Georgia at home, Kentucky at home, and begin. You start doing the math here. You know, you, maybe you get a win against Vanderbilt, probably in the first five, and then maybe you can get a win against Ole Miss in the second five. So, all right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand-new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. you got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out, so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. 
E-U-F-Y. Is that enough? Is that enough to save Ole Miss champ? I don't know. And, and do, do you fire a coach in the middle of a global pandemic? I don't know. But I, I know this. If they go 2-10, two and 2-8, 3-7, and seven, uh, there will be no interest in that program. And listen, I know those fans of South Carolina suffered through some long years. Lou Holtz brought them back, and then they hired Spurrier, and everything was gravy. But uh, I just don't know that Ray Tanner can, can, you know, put up with this much longer. Because it's not going to be a great year. They do get some talent back. They had a lot of guys hurt last year, but still. Okay, let's get to Tennessee here. Tennessee on the road to South Carolina, home against Mizzou, on the road against Georgia, home against Kentucky, and then you get Alabama. That stupid game, the third Saturday in October. It's so stupid. All right, so if you look at those first five, who do you feel good about? Well, not Georgia, not Alabama. But maybe you take down Kentucky, maybe you're 3-2 and two there. And I think Tennessee will do that, especially being at home. Open date, on the road at Arkansas, home against A&M, on the road against Auburn, Vanderbilt, and then home against Florida. You know, probably – Maybe six and five, or five and five, six and four, because I think you're going to lose to Florida for sure. And you probably got toss ups with A uh, and M and Auburn there. And uh, again, how good's Auburn going to be? You know, but uh, you know, I think Tennessee could be a six and fourteen, which would probably be, you know, a strong step forward considering everything. But they need to be competitive in these losses. And listen, they down the stretch last year they were outstanding. They they, they beat Mississippi State and didn't lose again the rest of the year. So this is a team that's kind of learning how to win again. All of that is important. Culture is important. And the culture is getting better. And for some reason, you know, under Butch Jones, it, it, the culture at Tennessee, despite the fact they were recruiting at such a high level, the culture was absolutely rotten. And, you know, full farmers taking over as AD, and all of a sudden things have gotten a little bit better. You know, so maybe there's been kind of a return to form there. We'll see. Texas A&M. Again, people say this is their renaissance year. I don't see it. I do think they're going to be better. There was a time I picked them second in the West. Now that we've had a little time to think about it, that's still possible, but I don't think that they're a contender. Okay, so they get uh, Vandy at home. That's a W. On the road at Alabama, that's a loss. Home against Florida, that's a loss. And then the road game at Mississippi State. They could conceivably be 1-3 headed into the open date. Again, that game at State is big. Not ready to call the upset just yet, but when you look at that, what they have dealt with, with Alabama and Georgia, Alabama and Florida in back-to-back weeks, they're going to come into Mississippi State as a desperate football team. Open date, home against Arkansas, W. South Carolina on the road, I think that's a W. Tennessee on the road, that's a toss-up game, but I, I think I'm going Tennessee there. Ole Miss at home, that's a W. LSU at home, that's a loss, and then a toss-up game with Auburn. So, you know, we could see this A&M team be a 6-4 and four team, too. There's a, there's a lot more toss-ups on that schedule, I think, than there are sure wins. Because I, I, you know, I'm not a Kellen Mond fan. I, and, and, listen, I know that people yeah, there's going to be all these people this year pick him to be preseason All-SEC. I, I just don't see it. I absolutely don't see it. And, listen, he probably had the game of his life last year against Mississippi State and College Station. Give the kid credit. We made him like a Heisman candidate. I think that had more to do – with our psyche as a team, we went down there with a fragile psyche, and I think that some of that's on Joe. We just didn't have a lot of mental toughness. We went down there and got kicked in the mouth. And finally, Vanderbilt, and again, there's not a lot of games on this schedule you look at and say, you know what, they've got a chance to win. Probably won't be favored in a single game. On the road at A&M, home against LSU, home against South Carolina, 
on the road at Mizzou, you know, unless you get Mizzou, you're 0-4 or going to the open date. Come out of the open date fresh. Home game against Ole Miss. Rebels, be careful. You know Derek Mason's had your number in Nashville. Ashay Patterson. Uh, then you're on the road at Mississippi State. That's a loss. On the road at Kentucky. That's a loss. Home against Georgia. I mean, home against Florida. Loss. Home against Tennessee. Loss. Road game against Georgia. So, unless they get South Carolina, Missouri, or Ole Miss, I don't see Vandy winning a game. And so, those are the things you kind of look at. So, that's the schedule. And I told you, I think Mississippi State's 5-5, five and five, possibly 6-4 and four if you can pull that, that upset of A&M. Remind you guys, too, you won't be upset, and neither will the people around you. If you go to Hawthorne.co, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, they'll teach you how to buy cologne. Because most of us don't know, let's be honest. You just kind of go, you see ads in magazines, and you say, hey, that's a pretty girl. She seems to like that cologne. I like pretty girls. Let me get that cologne. That'll help me get pretty girls. I don't know if that formula has worked for you in the past, but what will improve your odds is going to Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Take their short two-minute quiz. Pair, pair your preferences up with products, and then they will send those to you. You can set up replenishing shipments. You can get it, you know, uh, buy it now and then replenish yourself later. Uh, but there's a lot of products to choose from. I love the cologne. I love all the products, but I think the cologne is the best cologne that I've ever worn, uh, without a doubt. And uh, there are some days, even if I'm not going anywhere, I put it on just because I, I like to smell good, you know. And uh, listen, use promo code Boneyard to unlock some savings for yourself. Go to Hawthorne.co today. And ladies, maybe you want to take the bull by the horns and do it for your, do it for your significant other. Again, that's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, promo code Boneyard. Okay, let's get top ten list today. A lot of reaction to yesterday's list. I mean, tons. One of the most debated lists I think I've had. I've had so many people message me and say, you know what, Steve, I really dig the top ten list. They're really fun. And I like the music ones the most. You know, I'm, I, I kind of like the arcade games, too. You know, I, I like, so whatever. It doesn't have to be music. You remember a while back we had a Bulldog uh, wife that sent me a list and asked me to, uh, to rank my top ten Rob Lowe movies because she thinks Rob Lowe is a dreamboat. And you know what? I'm happy to do that. So here we go. Top ten today. This person did not want to be identified. You can tell what's funny, too. I've had a couple of Ole Miss people that have reached out to me and said, hey, I think the top ten thing is pretty cool. Would you consider doing this? And I'm thinking, are you guys still listening? I don't. Okay, I don't blame you. All right, Eagles. Eagles today. Top 10 Eagles, and this was a difficult list. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if you know this. One of the, most, the best-selling albums of all time is Eagles Greatest Hits Volume 1. It came out in 76. Not a bad song on that album, man. And you could almost just kind of run a list like that, but you would list, miss out on Life in the Fast Lane and some others. But uh, I have a couple newer songs, and I say newer, like from, you know, I guess they're still back in the 1900s, but, uh, you know, some songs that came a little later in the catalog after the reunion. Okay, so here we go. Here are my honorable mentions. Some of you are going to hear your favorite Eagle songs mentioned, and you're going to wince and think, Steve, how could you? Well, it's my list. You could have your own list, but your list would be wrong. But here are my honorable mentions. Uh, the Long Run, Take It Easy, and I know that's a classic. I know that it is. And there are some other songs I just like a little bit more. Speaking of taking it, we're taking it to the limit one more time. Tequila Sunrise. Every time I hear that song, I think about uh, back when I used to still drink, which was uh, 
nearly 30 years ago and uh, was down in Mexico going to see uh, Ziggy Marley play and uh, drank tequila all night and uh, saw the sunrise. And so that's what we sang. It just one of those things that kind of organically happened. Not that I'm romanticizing any of that, but um, that's my personal connection to that song. I can't tell you why. Man, I, I, I dig that song. I almost put us in the top ten. But uh, I can't tell you why. I like the Glenn Fry songs, man. I really, really do. I, I think he was arguably the best songwriter in that band. And then New Kid in Town. Great song. It's a big hit. Okay, so here are my top ten. The comeback track, when they first got back together and released a new album, get over it. And there are many of you today that need to go put that song on and put it on repeat. Put your earbuds in. Don't talk to anybody. Don't look away. Just sit there and listen to that song over and over and over and over and over. Get over it. It's words for living. Maybe you don't get over it, but it's time to get on with it. Right, number nine, this is another newer one, Love Will Keep Us Alive. And I, and I tell you, uh, it is one of those tracks, it's, they even did the live version. It'll give you chills, man. It is so well written. And that's one of the things I love about Bowards is you know, a lot of it's the lover's lament or it's about relationships and that sort of stuff. But there, you can, you can feel the pieces of the heart, man, in that song. And uh, I think at some point we've all felt that way, right? Number eight, one of the best harmonies of all time, man, Seven Bridges Road. It reminds me of a guy that I had. He was one of my friends at Jones, man. It's a guy named Gino. His name was Eugene, but everybody called him Gino from Waynesboro. Yeah, I think he had like a blue tempo. I think that's right. But anyway, this was like his song. And like when we would ride from Ellisville to Hattiesburg, he would like count the bridges because he was so determined that we were going to find some Seven Bridges Road. Uh, that's back when everybody was really into the Eagles. I mean, it's like... Yeah, and that's this new generation. If you're not into the Eagles, you need to be. Because their songs tell stories. Great, great musicians and songwriters. All right, number seven for me, another ballad. This is a Don Henley song, The Best of My Love. And great harmonies on this one, too. I mean, that's the thing, too, people forget. Most of this stuff in the 70s was recorded live. You know, they didn't get 100 takes. They just go in there as a band. It wasn't like, okay, let's go track some drums today. Okay, we'll go add the bass line. No, they just went in there as a band that sat down and recorded these tracks. It's great. Number six, one of the most recognizable bass lines in music, Witchy Woman. Love that song. Number five, Life in the Fast Lane. And back when I was a radio music DJ, we couldn't play this song during the daytime hours. Only had to play it at night. Wouldn't let us do it because it had a couple of curse words in it. And people say, well, the FCC will be upset. I don't think they would have been. I think it's really more about, uh, you, know, the, you know, the people that uh, have the Bluegrass Festival and all that stuff downtown, and we have arts and crafts. That's what we do. All right, so number four, uh, and listen, this is one of those songs. When I was in high school, man, I wore this song out. It's one of these nights. And uh, listen, love the falsetto in the chorus, too. It's like there's so much about this song. It's such sonically, it's so diverse. And I think uh, if you're getting into the Eagles, this is one that you're going to love immediately. Number three, one of the greatest songs of all time. And listen, there are a lot of songs on here, on this list, that are timeless classics. And this is one of them. It's Desperado. And... Uh, 
you remember Justin Brashear is a put catcher at Ole Miss. I had a chance to meet him years ago when he was working at uh, at uh, oh, what's it called at Marucci at the Marucci Hidden Complex in Baton Rouge. Great guy. And when he was in the minor leagues, he used Desperado as his walkout song, and um, that's kind of how I feel about it too. It's just one of those songs, man. That uh, if you don't hear it and have some kind of emotional reaction to it, man, you might want to check your pulse. You know, that whole part about you better let somebody love you before it's too late. At some point in our lives, we have all been there. And uh, it's one of those songs I listen to. It's really very, very cathartic. Number two, I could have gone number one with this one, but some of you guys would have come after me. But number two is Lion Eyes. And uh, if you don't know that song, and even if you do know it, put it on today. That is such an incredible song. And uh, one of my favorite lines in music, and I get chills just talking about this, is when he says, <clears throat> ain't it funny how your new life didn't change thing, things. You're still the same old girl you used to be. And uh, by the time you get to that point in the song, it's like Glenn Fry has already just kind of, you know, whipped you up into an emotional uh, you know, uh, mess there. And then next thing you know, it's like he comes back with that. And how many of us have lived that on, on both sides, men's and, men and ladies? I mean, how many, it's like you see these people that have these great things in life and you think everything is perfect in life. And then you realize at the end of the day, they're still the same people. They're just wearing different clothes and living in a nicer house. You know, it's, it's funny. You would hope that we would all kind of evolve a little bit. But uh, Lion Eyes, an, an incredible song uh, about cheating. Number one, and you know it. You knew it when I said the Eagles. You knew what number one was going to be, right? It's Hotel California. What a masterpiece, man. What a modern musical masterpiece is Hotel California. And it's one of those things, when Don Henley comes in on drums back there, it's like, as soon as I hear him kick in, it's like, I know we're going on a trip. A lot of people used to suggest, and, and I think there's probably something to this, that Hotel California was written about the, uh, the Church of the Devil, that uh, Anton LaVey and them began the Church of Satan, I guess, in San Diego, California, and that this song was kind of written about that, not in tribute to that, but just kind of about that. And of course... Uh, Don Henley at times has said there's nothing to that, but I think they like a little bit of that mystery and some mystique about that uh, because there was a time, and this is what people, you know, up to date don't understand, you know, kind of in the late, mid to late 70s and early 80s, there was a lot of that, you know, type of, uh, you know, imagery and, and type of uh, lyricism in music about things that were more mystical and, and, and evil at some times. And so there was a market for that. And a lot of that was kind of written kind of in protest of the religious right. And what I mean by that is, is because it was a rebellious time in America, and a lot of that was in our music. It was like people were kind of pushing against, uh, you know, the constraints that they felt, uh, you know, of that sort of thing. And so Hotel California, listen, even if you, even if you don't like the message and uh, the imagery in that, it is such a vivid song. Everything about it is grand. And uh, so go check it out today. That's my list. Your list might be different. I know, I know right now I'm going to get tons of messages about, Steve, how could you not have Take It Easy? You know, I tell you, one of the reasons I don't have Take It Easy in there, I'll tell you that, is uh, over, and that was my alarm going off, if that tells you anything. So, yeah, that's how long I've been up. Uh, so, yeah, happy to do this for you guys today, and so is Campus Bookmark. Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of the show, man. Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there, we love them. They will love you like family. 
Kathy Brown, one of the best buyers it, you know, in, in the Mississippi State market. If you're looking for anything maroon and white, she can find it for you. Recently went in there and bought some baby clothes for the new grand and uh, happy to do it. You should visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Absolutely incomplete. If you hadn't done so, go to alphadogsbook.com and go pre-order your copy of Alpha Dogs. Sales are going great. And uh, matter of fact, we had a Facebook Live event over on the Bulldogs 247 Facebook page Sunday night at 8 o'clock. I told those guys if we sold uh, 15 books before midnight that we would do a show midweek. Well, they crushed that number. Sold a ton of books, and uh, we're going to do that Facebook Live show tonight, 8 p.m. If you're not new to that, if, if you're new to that, if you're not familiar with that, sometimes I get a little tongue twisted. Uh, come and check it out. And basically, what it is is it's me live fielding questions from you on Facebook, and uh, then I'll just answer your questions. Your questions about Mississippi State. And of course, today is the first day of fall camp for Mississippi State. Uh, eager to see what we get from Mike Leach this evening. We will have full coverage, but let me explain to you what's going to happen, okay, with that. I touched on it earlier in the week, but uh, so it's going to be Zoom. So we're going to have Zoom calls with Mike Leach after practice today, and then we'll have players and coaches and then come back with Leach later in the week. So we are not going to be in the media room. So the cool thing about that for us is we won't be – you know, up there for two and three hours sometimes to get, you know, five, ten minutes worth of, of content. But that's the, that's the job. I'm not complaining. But we're going to be able to turn this stuff around a little bit quicker for you, I believe. And uh, it's all new to us, so we're going to kind of figure these things out. Like, we, we always do video. Uh, we're probably going to we're going to have to figure some things out on how to get that done. But we're going to have video for you over at Gene's page, and then we'll have a transcription of what Mike Leach had to say. And uh, it'll be a little different because we're not there. But the bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, we'll still be able to ask questions and get information for you guys. That's a big part of this. I mean, it's like, it's a job for us, but it's also a passion for us because we care about you and uh, we want you to have information about your favorite team. And so going to work through all that. We will not have access to practice. And so images will be provided to us by the university. You know, we hate that. We like having our own exclusive images, but there are sacrifices we all have to make. I am just grateful that we're getting some football stuff to talk about because we have driven ourselves crazy uh, trying to debate all this other nonsense and uh, do you wear this, do you not wear this, you know, who are you voting for? Listen, I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what you wear. I just want everybody to be responsible. You know, that, that's the deal. And I, I, listen, you know, my life has not changed dramatically based on that sort of stuff anyway. You know, I'm living my life, but uh, I'm so grateful that we're going to be able to have some football stuff. And that's the thing about this week that's been so great is like when the schedule stuff came out yesterday, all of a sudden it felt a little bit like, okay, maybe we're getting on the back end of this thing. And listen, I understand some other things are happening around the world, and uh, there's always going to be some negative story that's shared to your timeline uh, by some friend that uh, that's sitting around their house wringing their hands just waiting for the next shoe to drop. I get it. I understand it. And it's been so good to get up here today. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to go ahead and record this show today. Is like, you know, I just think, man, we have had so much nonsense to talk about. Let's talk football. I'm ready to hear Mike Leach talk about Mississippi State football. I want to know how K.J. Costello likes Mississippi State. 
Now, he's not going to get up there and say, well, I don't like it. You know, he's not going to say that. But, listen, I want to know – I want to hear KJ in his own words tell me about our wide receivers. I want to hear Errol Thompson tell me how much he likes a new defensive scheme. Those are the things that I think kind of move us out of the doldrums and kind of into some better feelings about life. There's so many things out there to, to distract us from joy. And uh, we all love college football. That is our collective interest. And that's one of the things I think about all the time is how much I love college athletics. And being away from it for as long as we have makes me love it more. They say absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's been very frustrating for all of us. But yesterday was a celebration. And there are some people, again, even some people in the media, that uh, they are not happy unless you are unhappy. Because unhappy people click links. Unhappy people comment. Unhappy people go post stuff on Facebook and say, hey, can you believe this guy? And listen, I just, I'm not, I just don't want to be a part of that. I just don't. I just want to talk about football. I just want to be able to come in here and say, you know what, Mississippi State's getting ready to go play LSU. It's a tough matchup for us, but you know what? I'd rather talk about that than about some obscure study about masking in the 1800s about some virus and why this worked and that worked. I, I'm, I'm just so tired of it. I'm going to continue to do what I need to do to protect myself and my family because it's become a way of life now. But I think we need a break. We simply need a break. And there are some people out there, this is all they do. It is so exhausting. That's what today is so special. That's what made yesterday so special. We got the schedule. Now we know. Now we can kind of begin to plan. And you know what? There is no guarantee that we play. Yes, the SEC came out and said, yes, we plan to stay the course. You heard Greg Sankey yesterday on the SEC Network and says, you know what? We're taking the next step in the journey. That's what we're doing. Taking the next step in the journey. And what happens over the next month is going to determine everything. We really need to get through Labor Day without the world going crazy, without going down the rabbit hole again. We need a good couple of weeks. I've seen everybody talking about the college kids. I mentioned that yesterday, and I had some reaction to that too, some positive, some negative. But the bottom line is this, is that, uh, you know, listen, we've got to protect ourselves. We've got to you know, go with these protocols and all that kind of stuff because, listen, we got college football coming up. And, listen, I'm going to be at a high school football game Friday night. I'm going to be there, and there's a, there's, a, there's a few reasons why. Number one, we need the content. We need pictures of this kid. We need video of this kid, of our own. But also, too, for my own mental health. I want to be able to get out there and go see a football game and then be able to bring that content back and say, hey, guys, I went and saw this kid, and here's some new pictures, and here's this video, and here's what I think about it. Because I think we in the media have a responsibility to our readers and to our listeners. And it's not just to constantly browbeat them with negativity. I just don't think life works that way. I think we do a service for all of you to bring something positive to your life. And listen, I have so many people that reach out over the years. And it's so funny. I got a little notification the other day. Since I have made the move to this new company here about a year ago, nearly 2 million people have downloaded this show. Nearly 2 million people. Now, of course, it's a lot of the same people over and over again. But I have people that reach out and say, hey, Steve, I wish you would do a daily show because there is no Mississippi State talk where I live on sports radio. I love listening uh, to sports radio, 
but they never talk about Mississippi State. And then when they do, it's usually in the negative light. And so I think that's one of the things that I believe people like about the show. And so many of you have reached out and said, you know, Steve, thanks for what you do. And thanks for always being positive. And, and I don't know that that's always the case because when I, when I talk about men's basketball, I can tend to get a little negative. I, you just try to call it like I see it. But we need some positivity. And I'm not saying we got to be Pollyannas. But we need some positive things to happen. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm going Friday night. I've reached out to the coach and said, hey, coach, I want, listen, here's my plan. I want to come out and see your kid, and I want to get some pictures. I'm not going to stay for the whole game. I'm not going to try to interview him after the game. I can always call him later. But I just want to come out and get some content and, uh, and just kind of see what kind of player he is and just be able to kind of bring that stuff back. And the coach was overjoyed. He goes, man, just come on. He said, you just bring a mask with you for the sideline, and you just come on and be a part of this. Uh, those are things that I think are outstanding. I think there are a lot of people that, uh, you know, we kind of err on the side of caution, and there are some people, of course, that look for reasons to be cautious, and I get that too. But when I got that text that said, come on, just wear a mask, I thought, you know what, giddy up. Let's go. Let's go. And I'm going to drive over there. It's going to take me a couple hours, and I'm going to ride that ride with a smile partner because it's been too long. The last time that I covered a Mississippi State, or really a sporting event of any kind, I guess I did do some baseball stuff this summer, some summer league stuff over Meridian uh, with the Honor of the Game stuff that um, East Coast Sox put together, which was great. But it has been forever and a day. I mean, I guess the last time that I've done anything football-related was uh, Music City Bowl. You begin to think about that. I mean, goodness, it's, it's almost September. We hadn't had a football function since the Music City Bowl. Yeah, we had the signing day press conference with some of that stuff, but uh, we didn't have any spring practices, not a one. We didn't have any summer football camps. We didn't have junior days. And so now here we are. And so it has been since then. Have not had a football function this year, have we? It's insane to think about. I think about how much water has passed under the bridge since that's happened. We fired a coach. We've hired a coach. We've seen uh, our league, uh, you know, really have uh, you know, some turnover for the first time in a while. You know, Matt Luke is gone. You got new coaches at Arkansas, Missouri. I mean, it's you know, a lot has happened. And just think about Mississippi State. What's happened here? And that's the thing that's so amazing to me is, and, and I don't know that people fully appreciate this. There's some people out there, of course, that are always, always negative, no matter what you tell them. They, they doubt everything you tell them. Guys, we were so close to having Joe Judge as our football coach, coach who's now the head coach of the New York Giants. Joe Judge's wife had already gone out and bought a new maroon outfit to wear at a press conference, and they were already having family get together to make the trip to Starkville. That's how done this thing was. And then everything went haywire. When Matt Rule didn't take the job with the Giants and took the job with the Panthers. And, I, and we've talked about it's, it's, it's so silly. They say, well, you know, the, the kid raised his leg and got two people fired. Listen, I don't know if you guys know this. Joe wasn't going to make it with or without that. John Cohen basically just, uh, you know, it's one of those deals Well, you know, if, if you're going to have to do it eventually, why not do it now? And I think we saw... And it's one of those things, in hindsight, you hear a lot more 
And that's usually how it is. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of line of work you're in. Once the, once the boss is gone, everybody's got something to say. And so you take some of that with a grain of salt. But uh, the bottom line, it, it, listen, that kid raising his leg, that didn't, that didn't get anybody fired. You know, I, I think it might have pushed the Ole Miss people to go ahead and pull the trigger. But, goodness, you got to think, they hadn't had a winning season since 15. And so how many years are you going to let Matt Luke sit there and struggle? You know, we bat a ball down on that fourth down play. They never score the touchdown. They never hike the leg. Matt Luke is gone anyway. Joe Moorhead wins the ball game and then uh, gets embarrassed in the Music City Bowl. He's gone anyway. I know it's fun to talk about, and I know that that, that right's good to some people, to some lazy people. Well, this kid hiked his leg and it changed everything in Mississippi. Those things were going to happen anyway. They absolutely were. That's why when I see that stuff, it's kind of offensive to me. I mean, not offensive in the way that I feel like someone has explained it to me. I just think it's lazy. It's incredibly lazy. And like I've read, I don't count how many times that I've seen somebody say that it cost them the, the ball game. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's the case. Even if they kick the extra point, they tie it, and who's to, who's to say they're going to win? It's not like they were winning the game. They were never in control of the game the entire time. It was. Matt Corral's desperation heave and our laps and coverage that even allowed that to be possible. And so take all that stuff with a grain of salt. But the Egg Bowl feels like a decade away. You know what I'm saying? It feels like because there's been so much has happened. You feel like that there's so much water on the bridge that just seems like a lifetime ago. And so we need some new life to live. And that's why I'm going to a high school football game Friday. I'm going to put my mask on, wash my hands good before I go. I'm not going to shake anybody's hands. I give everybody, have my hat on, give everybody the, you know, the nod. But that's how it's going to shake loose. There's just no point when we can go without going. And listen, I'm not in a protected class, but I'm going to go because I think it's time for us to start focusing more on living and less on dying. That's it for today. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.